Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it is episode 147 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric. I'm not as fat as you think I am, Walquist. And joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I am uh, Jesse Poppin' Pills Wilson. Why are you popping pills, bro? Uh, you'll find out, and what are you drinking? <laughs> Great. Good news. This is going to turn. Tease. This is going to turn into one of your favorite A and E shows. Intervention, or no? You're more of a hoarders <laughs> person, but it'll be like the intervention on hoarders. I feel like they're basically the same show. Yeah, for the, some reason. <laughs> well, I mean, it's basically a, an addiction either way you look at it. Uh, some people just like to hoard dead cats in their living rooms, and uh, mm-hmm. some people like to hoard beer bottles mm-hmm. <laughs> in a, their liver. Yeah, or meth, or meth in their bodies. Some people pour yeah. meth in their bodies. Uh, Jesse, speaking of meth in our bodies, how was your week? Uh, good. I went camping. Uh huh. How'd um, that go? Which was the family. It, it went reunion. really well. It was wet. Got oh. rained on the whole time, but uh, Elsa had a good time. I had a good time. I cooked the bombest steak on top of a uh, fireplace uh, mm-hmm. or a campfire. Cool. Just, so in, that just was the, the highlight of my week. In the cast iron? Yeah, in the cast iron, mm. uh, just right on top, resting the cast iron uh, kind of lopsidedly on top of a uh, mm-hmm. burning piece of wood, and uh turned out really well. There you go. Did you, pl- did you get you? to play any games while you were out there in the, in no, the rain? No, I wanted to, but mm-hmm. uh forgot to bring a tablecloth, yep. and the, the, yeah, the, the, the picnic table and campsite was like a hundred percent moisture. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to put my cardboard, sweet sweet cardboard pieces, on that. You yeah. know, yeah, you got to be protective. Yeah, it's completely waterlogged. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah we we was. were waterlogged as well. Uh, we tried to uh, have a yard sale on Memorial Day, uh, and it was completely rained out. Uh, I did craft a pretty awesome tarp cover, though, which I was uh, very, very happy about. But, like, the last yard sale we had, we made, like, $450 and, like, just cleaned up. And then this one, we had such high hopes, and we got, like, 20 people, and we made, like, $78. And that's with between four people. But I was the big seller, so... I made like 50 of that. So I made out like a king compared to everybody else. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a super rainy day. It was a rainy weekend, but, uh, but that's Seattle for you. Stay away, foreigners. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, Memorial Day in Washington. Mm-hmm. You have like a 25% chance of like a glorious weekend. Yeah. But most of the time it's just drizzle. Yep. And same thing with 4th of July. I feel like 4th of July is usually like 90% chance of drizzle. <laughs> uh, and by foreigners, I mean everybody who doesn't live in Western Washington currently. Yeah. We if you're from, uh, say, Indianapolis mm-hmm. or one of those crazy places, you're a foreigner to me. Or Middle Tennessee. Just because you have a great accent doesn't mean we want you here. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, we're being mean. So let's be nice and let's dedicate this show to one of our wonderful listeners, a foreigner himself uh, from hey. the country of Germany. Mr. Dennis Kleinbeck, uh, Dennis decided to rear his lovely voice uh, and and grace our podcast with his presence once more. 
Um, and uh, he's talking about a little topic that he's brought up in the past, but this time he's got a hometown uh, reason to celebrate. And so we're here to celebrate with him. This is uh, Dennis Kleinbeck's um, memo to us this week. Hey, Eric. Hey, Jesse. It's Dennis from Germany. Just wanted to call in because last Saturday, the Champions League final, two German teams in the Champions League final. Um, it was very exciting as a German football uh, soccer fan. Should I say football, soccer? I don't know. Um, yeah, it was very exciting. Bayern München won because they got the most money, the best players in Germany. Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, them or Borussia Dortmund, which was the opponent, but it's nice for German football. I would say football. Um because uh, yeah, it was it was great to see they play uh, in, in European uh, uh, league, and it's it's very nice. Um, another topic, another soccer topic, uh, very soccer heavy today, uh, is my local team, the VfL Bochum, just played well enough at the end of the season to stay one more year in the second league, which is uh, a bit uh, disappointing, but it was okay. And now for the last five games, we uh, won them all. Almost all the last one we uh, lost. But a trainer legend uh, returned to Bochum. He, uh, with him as a coach, we played uh, the European League, which is a little brother of the Champions League. So I'm very, very excited for the next season. And um, and that was all. And it's Reinheitsgebot. No, not uh, Reinheitsgebot, like you said. Uh, it's Reinheitsgebot. So, just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, stay arrogant, uh, have a nice cast, and get off my back. Get off my back, Dennis. So, yeah, I'm sorry about I'm sorry about mispronouncing Reinheitsgebot. Apparently, it's Reinheitsgebot. I think that that's well, right. Well, uh, now I have some ammunition for uh, next time I talk to a brewer. Reinheitsgebot. Actually, <laughs> and I I can't I didn't fully get what the name of Dennis's team was. I think it was Fafa Bochum. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Sounds about right. But uh, but Jesse, this is something that may get you interested in in uh, sports other than football, and that's that's the relegation system that exists in the European League, which I think is really interesting, and something that I'd like to see instituted in the NBA. But it would never happen in American sports because nobody wants to go down to the minor leagues. But basically what it does is it rewards good teams. If the team is good, it will stay in the first division. If it's bad, it goes down to the minor leagues, basically. And then you can have this rotating thing. So, uh, you know, uh, teams from smaller towns or smaller cities can have a chance to be in the majors. And the big teams, if they don't perform well, <coughs> Seattle Mariners, then they'll get bumped down to the lower leagues. So I, I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. It's it's an incentive to play well, and it's a business incentive because they got to make a lot more money when they're in those upper leagues. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I, I it's I, very American. It is. It's capitalistic. Yeah, I I think that it. I I would love to see it. I think the NBA is like ripe for, ripe for this because why NBA? I think MLB. Well, it's because NBA has the. Uh, so, and the Major League Baseball, it does have the minor league system, but the minor leagues are already tied to, uh, to the major leagues in a pretty, like mm. the farm system is pretty established. That's and, what you mean. Um, but in basketball, you already have a lot of small market clubs, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, San Antonio, 
Memphis, like smaller smaller market teams. And there is the D League in the NBA with teams like uh, in the Dakotas and Boise and like smaller towns to still, but um, but I just think it would I th- I think it makes more sense for it for a for a league like the NBA and I think it makes it just it makes it so exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's one thing that I really love about European soccer is is that relegation system. And you know what? We are developing our American soccer league, the Major League Soccer. Um, and maybe eventually it'll be instituted here. I think that that probably is the best shot at a relegation league in the United States. Um, and I think I'm I'm all for it. I think that the best uh, Canadian football team should play in the NFL and the worst American football team should play <laughs> in the CFL. Yeah, the CFL is like the craziest league, dude. Because they play on like a 120-yard field or something. I know. It's they have, cool. They have 250-yard lines. <laughs> Go Lions. And the uh yeah, BC Lions, baby. Uh personally I'm a fan of the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, because of our friends from the Hex <laughs> Is 19. that what they're called? Yeah, the Edmonton Eskimos. Wow, that's racist, but okay. Yeah, it's just it's it's right along the lines with the Cleveland Indians or uh Yeah, most, that's true. It's hard to talk when you have the Washington Redskins. Yeah, the Washington Redskins is like the it's the biggest it's, it's like, come on guys, we can buck tradition in this case. I mean, give yeah. me a break. Uh, they just changed the uh, the logo from the uh, stereotypical Native American mm-hmm. to a potato, right? a redskin potato. It would be fine. Or just like a ginger in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That would be hilarious. Yeah, just Jesse yeah. with his shirt off in the summer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like, come on, guys. Uh, but Edmonton is my team because of the Hex 19 podcast. Just like the Oilers are almost the official hockey team of this podcast if the St. Louis Blues hadn't swept in and taken the spot. But I think that our official European I'm soccer sure team. the Hex 19 guys don't give a fuck about sports. Well, one of them worked for the Eskimos. He did, like, did audio video for them. Well, uh, Aaron. Aaron. He cares. Well, okay. Anyway. <laughs> but I think the official European soccer team of this podcast is going to be Furfurbergham? The Furfurbergers. The Furfurbergers. So, uh, Dennis, we love you. Thank you so much for calling in. And this episode is specifically dedicated to our biggest fan in Deutschland. Um, Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Uh, I'm drinking Mama's Little Yellow Pills. Mm -hmm. The pills are from Oscar Blues Brewing. And what's interesting is I'm drinking it out of their new uh, style of can. Oh. It's the stovepipe can. Mm. And it's uh, 19.2 ounces. Okay. It's like, it's basically a tall boy uh, that's knocked up to 11. Mm. So they've made their this own. Like the super tall, tall boy. Is, like this, is it like the height of a 22? Uh, well, it's in a can, so. Right. It's not, it, no, it's not as tall as a 22 bottle, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it, it just looks like a beefed up tall boy. Interesting. It's, so, what does that have to do with the pills? Because it's, it's a pilsner. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. We shouldn't have to spell out every joke. <laughs> Just for the dense ones, like Mer- like Eric. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week, I'm drinking the namesake of this podcast, the Arrogant Bastard Ale from Stone Brewing Company. Uh, it's just delicious every time. I actually had one last night, and then I was like, I should drink this for the podcast because it's delicious. And it is delicious. I love it. 
I haven't had one in a while. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you forget about it. And then you're just like, oh, here's a tasty treat for Eric. Courtesy of Eric. <laughs> that's uh, what I say to myself. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we do have a few more phone calls this week. We actually got inundated with voicemails, which I love, um, cause we love getting you involved in the show. Um, so the first one, uh, comes to us from a dreary eyed friend from the lower Puget Sound. Here he is. Hey, Eric and Jesse. It's Miss Netzer. It's like 7 a.m. in the morning and I was driving and listening to you guys talking about bronies and the stupid My Little Pony thing going on. I don't know what it is either. Um, just coming from a comic reader's perspective, they just launched a My Little My Little Ponies comic book series, and I don't understand. It's like one of the top selling comic books right now, and everyone's loving it. And talked about how awesome and funny and deep it is, and I can't I can't explain it. And I'm with you, Jesse. It's it's just elitist bullcrap that they are. I, I don't I don't I don't even know. It pisses me off. So I'm with you guys. Makes no sense. It's lame. It's it's the hipster of the nerd culture. It's also the hipster of the comic book culture. So, yeah. And I guess the ponies would also say, stay off my back. Bye. Get off my back, Mitch. Yeah. Get off my back. I didn't realize that My Little Pony had infiltrated comic book culture. Well, I'm uh, sure. Someone's making a bunch of money off of this franchise right mm-hmm. now. You know what else is deep? Every other comic book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Read uh, Dial H for Hero and see if you can't find something amazing underneath that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mitch does have a, uh, a a comic podcast, so if you're into comics, please check out Comic Sans on iTunes. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if we could say anything else about bronies, except uh, bronies be bronian. Um, uh-huh. The guy I agree who- with Mitch agreeing with me is all <laughs> I have to say. There you go. The guy who brought up bronies last week. Is next, uh, once again, coming to us from the city of bro love. Hey, guys, it's JR from Philly. You know, every week you guys talk about what you're drinking. Sometimes it's a regional brew and sometimes it's a national brand. Sometimes it's an okay, drinkable, maybe even crushable ale. But sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's a truly great beer. For example, any brewery can slap an IPA together. Some do very good, solid, accurate archetypes of an IPA. Goose Island, Sam Adams, and countless others. But none of them hold a candle to a beer like Firestone Walker Union Jack IPA. That is a beer that rises above the mere mortal IPAs. That is a beer that deserves to be showcased and recognized and enshrined. This is why... I'm proposing a new segment on the show, the Personal Arrogance Beer Hall of Fame. Each week, a new beer would be inducted in. And now, of course, there can be much debate about how many how beers are nominated and elected and what criteria should be used and all of that. Uniqueness, style, hoppiness, ABV, X-Factor. But I feel it is our imminent duty to curate a record of the exceptional, which may or may not be launched into space to preserve our beer heritage or communicate with super intelligent sentient beings from another planet. But maybe we could start with just making the list. So let me know what you guys think. Get off my backs and stay arrogant. 
<laughs> Thank you, JR. Get off my backs. <laughs> Get off both my backs, JR. <laughs> yeah, we're the beast with a million backs. Personal <laughs> it's back cast. Uh, JR, I can't believe we haven't thought of this idea yet. That's this, a really good idea. It's a great idea. How, we've almost done this for 150 episodes. We haven't thought of the Personal Arrogance Beer Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're 150 episodes late, I'd say. <laughs> no, I'm not sure we could do this every week because I think that we this has to be an exclusive group. This has to be the Premier League of beers. But I think right. we should uh, keep an eye on this. And I think it's pretty obvious what we have to induct as the first honorary beer in the Personal Arrogance Beer Hall of Fame. I agree. It's got to be the beer I'm drinking. Budweiser. Yeah. Oh. But, no, Bud Light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bud Light Lime. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, it's got to be the beer that I'm drinking tonight. It is the Arrogant Bastard, the namesake of this podcast. This podcast would not be called Personal Arrogance without Arrogant Bastard, and it may not even exist. The mere idea came to us while drinking two giant 32-ounce pitchers of Arrogant Bastard Ale at PAX 2009. That moment enshrined Arrogant Bastard Ale as probably the most important beer to the Personal Arrogance podcast. So I have to say, first honorary inductee, an amazing beer with about six different aftertastes, a delicious <laughs> delight, the Arrogant Bastard Ale, the first inductee in the Personal Arrogance Beer Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Congratulations, Stone Brewing Company, San Diego, California. JR, we love you so much. Thanks for also JR decided he, he was like, I'm gonna pro this up right now and I'm gonna send you an actual uh recording of my voice just like Dennis Kleinbeck does. It sounds very very nice. Thank you so much, JR. We really appreciate it. Um and then we got one more phone call uh coming in um from oh from Florida. Uh and uh this one also has to do with the beverages. Uh so here we go. Hey guys, this is Jay from Simona Beach again. Uh, just calling to say I love the show. Um, this week you were talking about Dunkin' Donuts having food, like a like fast food. Um, we have one here that's paired up with Baskin Robbins and they serve like breakfast sandwiches and they try to do some type of cafe light sandwiches for lunch and their breakfast sandwiches, the sausages and the steak, uh, steak and egg bagel thing, it's just, uh, disgusting anyway uh here we got fire ants crazy ants carpenter ants and we got this one ant called a mexican twig ant uh, i'm not sure if you guys have that up there in uh, washington but they're pretty nasty little bitters when they bite you and feel like getting stung by a wasp <laughs> other than that i wanted to say i i'm not much in drinking uh beer i never was until i tried this one beer called uh Chuck's Hard Cider, it kind of turned me on to beer, and ever since then, I don't look back. I love this stuff, and just uh, wanted to hear you guys talk about, you know, the difference between, I'm not too sure, the difference between ciders and, you know, hard ciders, like uh, Woodchuck, and I know they have another one out called Reds. Uh, what's that stuff about? Just let me know. Uh, thanks. Love the show. Get off my back. Get off my backs. Get off my backs. Um, so, yeah, first of all, Baskin-Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts, that sounds like the craziest combo. Um, that's a power That's a power couple. That's that, like Jennifer Lopez and mm -hmm. Brad Pitt. 
Exactly. I, <laughs> if that was about, if that was a couple, that would be a power couple. Right. Um, you think? I think it was Aniston is what you're going for. Mm. I know. I know you're up who's on the, Who's the one who... Oh, Ben. Yeah, Ben, ben Affleck. So ben Gif- Gifford. Ben Gibbard and Jennifer Hudson. Second of all, um, just want, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to tread on any territory here, but technically ciders are not beers. Not, not even close. Not even close. But, uh, but there are actually some really good hard ciders out there. I would venture to say, and, and ciders are becoming more and more popular. You know, there's like Hornsby's and then all of these new ones are coming out. It's almost like the new hard lemonade, uh, the, uh, that, that trend that happened over the last few years. Um, but I would say go out there and try some, a little more limited edition ciders. Sometimes you can find them in the, like the wine aisle that come in like a wine bottle. Um, and these are like really nice, uh, ciders that you could bring out for, at like a dinner party and they're a nice substitute for champagne. Um, and they're also just really delicious, but it's basically just fermented apples in the, in much the same way that grapes are fermented wine. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Whereas beer is grain and hops, it's basically yeah, I, liquid well, bread. Well, a lot of at least in Washington, like cider is sold under a wine license. Mm-hmm. Like the the law doesn't distinguish between wine and cider, which right. sucks because you pay a huge tax on wine, and it um, for whatever reason in Washington, the amount of tax you pay on wine is determined by the CO two level. Huh. So, like, if you want to make a really fizzy cider, mm-hmm. your tax rate goes up something like five times. Weird, because they assume it's like a it's, champagne. Exactly. Mm. And that's uh, kind of bogus. But they don't have the lobby power that, like, craft brewers have. So, yeah. sucks for them. Are there any beers that you think that our friend Jason should try uh, since he's a big cider fan? Like, what would be a good intro beer to, like, the actual beer world? Maybe uh, Kona Big Wave Gold Nail. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, basically any like Gold Nail, nice crisp beer. Yeah, crisp and mm-hmm. floral. Mm-hmm. Give that a shot, and then get get into the world of beer. It's an excellent place. Uh, so we have one more phone call, but we're gonna save that for the break because it's a great special report. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna save that for then. But for now, let's do a little tiny mat roll off and get the show on the road. What do you say? Yeah, let's. All righty. Each, each going to roll a 20-sided die, see who gets stuck first on the podcast this week. Here we go. Wow, I rolled a whopping three. Well, sir, you are the king of the cast because I rolled what? a one. Wow. Critical low fail. Low rollers. Low rollers. All right, buddy, what's your first topic? So I'm going to jump right into science. Do it. If today we're able to create two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. There's been a couple of uh, cool discoveries, uh, especially in Russia, that I think you're going to appreciate, Eric. Mm -hmm. Uh, Russian scientists discovered a fully grown female mammoth with blood and well-preserved muscle tissue trapped in ice in Siberia. Oh my god! And uh, so basically, they they found this, and uh, they were able to uh, they they found dark blood in 
ice cavities oh below god. the belly of the animal. Oh my god! When they when they broke the cavities with a pole pick, mm-hmm. the blood came flowing <gasps> out. Oh my god! Which, which surprised them because uh, it was ten degrees Celsius below zero. Sounds like DNA, bro. Yeah, they got they they hit a rich rich vein of mammoth DNA. Mm-hmm. So this is incredible. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this in the past, like the possibility of, uh, you know, raising up a clone mm-hmm. inside the belly of a uh, poor elephant that <laughs> that will probably die. That will almost certainly die. Sacrificial and limb. There, there's some certain ethical things, but uh, I, I believe we're both pretty squarely in the camp of let's let's resurrect the mammoth, dude. I, oh my god! First of all. Elephants are one of the most majestic animals in the world. I, you know, I yeah, I've never seen one in life besides in like a zoo, and, and they always zoo. seem sad. Exactly because they walk like thirty miles a day, like yeah. they are nomads. When I was I was in Africa when I was eighteen, we went on safari, and we were like within ten feet of lions. Uh, we walked a riverside that had crocodiles in it and hippopotamuses. Like we were in, we were near potentially threatening things and you never felt unsafe for some reason that pop-up van you feel super safe in. The only time (laughs) I ever felt like afraid for my life was when we were next to the elephants because you you don't understand the scale of an full-size African elephant until you are there on the savannah watching a herd of them pass you. It's like an amazing, amazing feeling. And they're majestic, they're terrifyingly powerful, and, uh, well, let's just face it, they're the whales of the land. They're That's not, true. If there were giant squid walking around, the elephants would take care of that problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, for all we know, there would be mm-hmm. if it weren't for the elephants. Now, Eric, exactly. <laughs> the thing about mammoths, though. Right. Part of the majesty of the African elephant is its mm-hmm. big floppy ears. Exactly. But mammoths have tiny little ears. That's I'm fine with that. You're okay with that? That's not going to detract from your majestic experience. No, when I was uh, when I was 12, this is this we're go- we're going back in the Eric file here. When I was 12 years old, my grandpa <laughs> took me to the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, OMSI in Portland, to go to the Giants of the Gobi exhibit, which was a series of dinosaur bones um, that were touring through the country. So we go to OMSI to look at these things, but they also had a woolly mammoth skeleton, and that is the only skeleton. I'm sure I saw plenty of dinosaur bones that day, but that is the only skeleton I still vividly remember because I remember, like, I remember thinking about elephants, you know, seeing them at the zoo and being like, oh, that's an elephant. A mammoth is like an insanely huge, insanely huge elephant. Like, yeah. it's basically like a house, like the size of a house. I, I want to see these things walking around. And if we're if if we as as evolved primates can figure out a way to manipulate DNA to create a extinct mammal, like that is such an exciting thing. Like I think that would be the coolest thing that humanity could do. Yes. To uh you know, because you know, tens of thousands of years ago humans were hunting mammoths, mm-hmm. possibly to extinction. Right. And to come full circle and figure out how to bring them back and basically apologize to an extinct species. Right. That would be that'd be pretty cool. I can't believe it. I mean, 
after we talked about this, I know that we talked about this in 2010 because after we talked about this on the podcast, I started my own personal Twitter account at Eric Walquist. If everybody wants to follow me there. Um, don't worry. I don't tweet that often. Uh, and for my description, all that I put is podcasting about giant ice age mammals since 2010. And that's always <laughs> been my calling card on my Twitter feed. I love ice age mammals. I want the, I want a giant sloth. I want a woolly mammoth. I want a saber toothed tiger. I want a woolly rhino. I want it all. Give it to me, please. I, I this blows my mind and I get so excited about this. Yeah, I'm stoked too. And that could be like, that could be the next Disneyland. Oh yeah, it could be be like, you know, one of those ranches where you drive your car through, Mm -hmm. you know, and get to see all the cool animals and wave to them and stuff. If if there was a uh, prehistoric America, yeah, it's a real Jurassic. It's a real Jurassic Park, and is it is almost feasible. It's almost feasible to have a real Jurassic Park where you can see animals that have gone extinct. And we figured out a way to get them back here. It's insanely amazing. This blows my mind. I want it. I, I feel like I'm the Neil deGrasse Tyson of, of Ice Age mammals. <laughs> one cent. That's of, your new Twitter handle. One cent of every dollar. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we might not actually have to stop at Fauna because in uh, from bbc.co.uk mm-hmm. there's a news article that says that centuries old frozen plants have been revived plants that were frozen during the quote little ice age mm-hmm. uh, that happened centuries ago have been observed sprouting new growth That's uh cool. so 400 year old plants uh known as bryophytes mm-hmm. i think that's like a brony but different totally. and they've uh flourished under laboratory conditions so not only is it possible to bring back extinct mammoths but also to bring back extinct plant life mm-hmm. sort so, of excited uh, about that i'm pretty i'm almost more stoked about this why i don't know it's a, just the idea i mean this isn't you know through genetic manipulation and mm-hmm. you know placing some sort of cloned embryo in a elephant and then cutting it out with a chainsaw or whatever this is just like they found the plants and then put it, you know, under a light and we're able to make it grow again. That's so cool. <laughs> that is pretty nuts. That little plant was like, no big deal. I'm back. NBD bros. Oh, the world's different. <laughs> Who's Pope now? In, uh, this this is quickly going into like stoner talk territory. It's but true. I, I, uh, I sometimes ponder like, you know, a plant is alive. Uh, but it's not alive in a way that any animal is alive, except right. for, you know, maybe maybe its closest uh, closest uh, type of animal that that it could relate to would be like a jellyfish, because it's basically doesn't have a brain, doesn't have a heart. It just it grows. All goes back to plankton, plankton, right? And it's just like what? Yeah, you got your zooplankton and your phytoplankton. Exactly. Where where the little zooplankton rolling mm-hmm. around, and there's the little phytoplankton, and we're all plankton at heart. It's just crazy to me to think about like what a plant. What is what is it like to exist as a plant? And like I said, this is getting really closely into stoner talk, so I don't think we need to technically go down this path. But uh, yeah, no, it, it is interesting because like if we found a like a foreign. Uh, 
planet, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all it had was plant life, that's still life. It'd be life on another planet, but yeah. it'd be plants. It'd be alien life. It'd be alien life, but we'd probably be like, ah, it's just a bunch of stupid plants. Where's right. the unobtainium? And exactly. then all these like tall, mm-hmm. beautiful, nature-loving animals would be like, that's our unobtainium. You don't get to have it. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, yeah, deal with our spaceships. Yep, and then they mind meld with the tree, and then we cut the tree down. Yeah, take that. It's pretty obvious what we would do as humans. I think that's where this is going. Um, yeah, that, it, this also reminds me of the. Uh, I, I'm sure you've heard. I, I'm sure you've heard about these, but the underground plant um, repositories, the plant archives, right? That have like every seed that's ever been discovered, and they're like in these underground bunkers, so that we can. We can find them after a, a nuclear holocaust and then replant yeah. the earth. That was the premise of Borderlands, I think. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's a question for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. If we do resurrect an extinct species, do you uh-huh. think that will uh, put back the endangered wildlife movement? Because it's like, eh, whatever. We can kill all the blue whales. We can always clone <laughs> them later and bring them back. No big deal. Well, it is a little strange to me that... We're putting a lot of work into cloning a woolly mammoth. We're not putting a lot of work into cloning, like, you know, woolly mammoths or, I mean, sorry, woolly mammoths, blue whales or, you know, other extinct species. Breeding programs are extremely difficult to, uh, to run. Um, and some animals just don't want to mate in captivity. Uh, so. Maybe we should, and, and maybe maybe the woolly mammoth effort will lead to more of this cloning being happen happening within endangered species. But uh, mm. but yeah, I mean it's kind of a good point. It's like why aren't we trying this with with animals that are in danger of leaving the state, like the white rhino in right. in Africa? Yeah, uh, <sighs> it would be funny if we like cloned a bunch of white rhinos, like yay, and we're gonna return them to the wild, and then they all like killed the original white rhinos because you know they would fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be like, hey, this is clone turf. Get off. And like, I have nowhere to go. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're going to hell. <laughs> Man, the white rhinos are clones are dicks. They are All yeah. clones are dicks. All that's clones are dicks. That's what we <laughs> that's what the scientist scientists like. We didn't realize when we clothed the woolly mammoth that it would be such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> we're starting to believe that humans were not actually hunting the woolly mammoths for food, but in fact, the woolly mammoths were all just such dicks that they had to die. Don't ever bring a woolly mammoth to a pool party. It will push everyone in the pool with their clothes on. Yeah, and their phones in their pockets. Totally. Deal with it. <laughs> and then it will, uh, it will eat all the food in your refrigerator, <laughs> and it will clog your toilet. Right. And then it'll peace out. <laughs> then it will kill everyone. <laughs> dick. Dick move. Oh, dick move from Wooly Mammoths. Um, so it's exciting stuff. That I'm, is super I'm exciting. For it. I want to go to uh, Jurassic America or whatever. Yeah, Ice Age Park. Let's make it happen. It could be like the biggest thing that ever happened in North Dakota because like the land oh, there. That's the thing though. No, they're going to need to do it on permafrost. This is the, the Canadians are going to swoop mm. in on this. Edmonton. Edmonton. <sighs> Edmonton's going to become the next Orange County. They could change their, they could change the football team name to the Edmonton Mammoths. I'm okay with that. That's actually pretty cool. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a letter. 
Uh, all right, well, let's move on to my first topic this week. Um, and this is, has to do with the movies. Do you know what nemesis means? Um, so the new uh, Zack Snyder movie is coming out. Uh, this movie is about a guy named Superman, um, and it's pretty cool. Uh, is that, that's one of those new superheroes. He's one of the new. Uh, he's he's in the new Fifty Two. You know all those new new superheroes that DC just mm. released. Um, but uh, but Zack Snyder is doing a press right now. Everybody who's seen the movie is giving it rave reviews. People are saying that. You know, even uh, people who don't know anything about superhero movies will love this movie, and so will superhero fans. Like, everybody's going to love this movie. It's going to be the biggest movie ever. It's going to be an awesome thing. It's going to tie Nolan's universe. It's going to make Batman possible in a Superman world. It's going to lead to the Justice League, and then it's going to feed all of the hungry children of the world. Uh, so, uh, Zack Snyder's doing his press tour and getting a lot of fluffy questions. But I was watching one... Um, an interview that he did today uh, with a Canadian radio station. And there was a segment of it that it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so I'm going to play that. And Jesse, I'm going to see if you can understand where I got just the tiniest bit offended. Let's not, let's face it. You know, Superman is like a pop culture icon that is transcendent. Like he's like, you know, it, it doesn't get any more pop culture. So it's in a weird way. It's not, dork exclusive it, it's kind of for everyone but also has those elements in it it's interesting which makes it a great date flip right nice so you can go as the, as the geek guy. you can dork out your yeah. girlfriend's yeah. just like wow this is cool like, <laughs> do you see where do you do you see where i might have gotten a little offended uh the whole dork thing dorks dorks so we've had we've had this conversation in the past um right uh, the whole nerd slash geek thing um you know and this is something that some people debate a lot. We don't debate it too much because we do identify from the beginning. We've been bridging the gap between pop culture and nerd culture. I consider myself a nerd. I don't know what the term geek. I don't know what I don't like about it, but I think that geeks are like a little more like messenger bag wearing people. I, I just think that geeks are like you can be a geek about something and not be a nerd. Like right. you could be a you could be a carpentry geek. Yes, and that doesn't make you a nerd. Nerd is like a more broad spectrum kind of uh nerd culture deal. exactly yeah and, and, and that's how we painted it it's basically we have the geek pieces of our nerd pie so mm -hmm. you have we're we're beer geeks uh i'm a big movie geek uh we're both board game geeks um, great website oh yeah i guess that is a website. <laughs> uh but but those all just encapsulate our overall nerdiness that we uh are geeks about so many different things that's how we painted it and frankly, you can call me a geek, you can call me a nerd, I don't really care. It seems like in the parlance of our society that geek seems to be the term that that geek slash nerds prefer, but I, I'll, I'll take either or. However, don't call me a dork. <laughs> yeah, dork. Isn't that like some sort of like wiener reference? It's exactly a wiener reference. I'm going to go back to <laughs> etymology, put on your mortarboard because I'm going to take you to school. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Uh, so, first of all, the geek. The original term of a geek was actually a uh, a carnival performer. 
And this was the guy who would, like, bite heads off of chickens. He's basically Alice Cooper in a carnival. They were called geeks. Like, that was – it was actually kind of a scary term. It was, like, this, like, creepy dude in a sideshow. And he was the geek, and you're supposed to be kind of scared of him, but he's also really intriguing. Um, Yeah. So that's, like, like kind of a cool, uh, dark, like, twisted uh, etymology behind the word geek. And then it eventually turned into people like uh, Battlestar Galactica. But – uh, but it's got a cool, a great base to that word. Um, and then we have the word nerd. And the coolest thing about the word nerd is that while it may have been tossed around in conversation uh, before this happened, the first published account of the word nerd was done by Theodore Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss, um, yeah. in his book, If I Ran a Zoo. Uh, and he is basically talking about collecting all of these crazy animals for his zoo. He says the uh, the passage that mentions it's the first recorded written uh, uh, specimen of the word nerd is, and then just to show them, I'll sail to Katru and bring back an it cutch, a peep, and a prue, a nurkle, a nerd, and a seersucker too. So that's the first recorded uh, example of the word nerd anywhere in in pop culture. It was in 1950 in a book by Dr. Seuss. Also, a very cool thing. Who doesn't like Dr. Seuss? So, so those are the inter- those are the etymologies of uh, of those of those two words. The etymology of the word dork. It's a whale penis. <laughs> it's a whale penis. Well, I mean, there's. There's worse penises to be. I know we love whales on this podcast, but I don't. If Call me a dorsal. I'll be a dorsal. Call me Baleen. I could go with that. Don't call me a dork. Okay? Yeah, I don't like dork. And basically, dork is also a... Uh, it's. I, I, I was looking up the etymologies of these words, and and, uh, and uh, dork is also like a, a an alternative to dick. So you're basically just... Either way, you're calling somebody a penis. By calling them a dork, so you're either calling them like a, a like a dark, twisted circus freak basis, or a uh, or a, a word that was dreamed up by one of the greatest children's book writers of all time, or you're calling them a penis. Mm-hmm. So please don't call me a penis, Zack Snyder. I am a fan of Superman. I'm excited to see your movie, but don't call me a penis. Yeah, dark dark's not a good word. Yeah, and dweeb is right up there. Dweeb is even worse. Don't call me dweeb. It's funny how some of these words are pejorative. I mean, you can't really even quantify it. It's like geek, dork, nerd, dweeb, spaz. I mean. Yeah. Don't call me spaz. Some of them are mean and some of them aren't. And I guess an outsider Mm -hmm. only would like throw one out there and think they're all equal. Well, I think that, you know. The term nerd, and I think one of the reasons why I love the term nerd is that when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was Revenge right. of the Nerds, which was a example. And I, I think that that's a that's a marker in nerd culture is saying, actually, we we can band together under this banner that has been a uh, a derogatory term for us, and we can find power and strength in numbers and unify behind that banner and actually strike back. You were you were the token uh, uh, goy in your fraternity. How was I was. That? It was very cool. Um, so I joined a Jewish fraternity when I was in college, and I was the only Gentile in the in the whole fraternity. 
Uh, and it was awesome. I, I had a lot of good times. I, I went to a lot of Passover Why did seders. They call, you? they call me Goliath because I'm tall and I'm not Jewish. <laughs> uh, but it was really fun. And then I and then I married a woman who is actually uh, who, who is Jewish. So I'm very excited that my children will be technically Jewish because their mother is Jewish. I did it. Congratulations. Thank you. Beat you. the system. I beat that system. <laughs> but, you know, we're also not the only uh, cultural group who has uh, taken a derogatory term and then unified behind it. It's just we've chosen what those words are going to be. Those are going to be geek and they're going to be nerd. Don't call me a dork and don't call me a dweeb. And it kind of bothers me that Zack Snyder, who's done the Dawn of the Dead remake, 300, yeah. based off a graphic novel, uh, Sucker Punch, which is... Uh, draws upon every geek culture uh, uh, genre, and then now Superman is calling us dorks. Don't call me yeah, a dork, you gotta, man. You gotta be a little more aware. Yeah, it's um, not hard. It's not hard, dude. Um. So anyway, Just do your job. You have one job. That's not to call your fan base dorks. <laughs> and to not screw up Superman. Right. But it sounds like he's so Superman's coming out. I think it's in uh. I think it's in three weeks, so I'm very, very excited about Superman. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still jazzed up to watch uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. One of these, one of these moments when I get a, <laughs> a, a brief second of relief. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and move on to our break this week. Our break is going to be a phone call, as we teased you before. It's actually a great. I'm very excited about it. It's a convention report uh, from our good friend Levi Rekin down in Houston. Uh, he went to the Comic Palooza and he decided to do a Paxi's type review on it. Uh, so here he is, Levi from Houston. Hey, Jesse and Eric. This is Levi Rekin from Houston bringing you Comic Palooza updates. Um, I can't really follow the form of your Paxi's because I don't have all the categories to fill, but uh, I'll give you my best, worst, and weirdest. I'll start with the weirdest, unless my call gets cut off. Uh, the weirdest was, uh, my wife and I were looking for the Patrick Stewart panel, and it was really confusing. Nobody knew where anything was on Saturday. So we were going down a side hallway, and I saw this guy, and I was like, that is the best professor at a graduation cosplay ever. He had the little hat and the, the, the coat and the little drapey thing on his shoulders, and I thought, hmm, that's, that's really weird. So we're walking down a hallway and ask a volunteer where to go. The Comic Palooza volunteer pointed us down a hallway and said, you'll, you'll need to go down there. That's your stage that, that Patrick Stewart's going to be at. So my wife and I walked down this hallway. It looks like a back hallway. It's kind of weird. We walk into a room. Thousands of eyes are upon us. We look up at these screens. This college logo is emblazoned on the screens. And apparently we had walked into a graduation that was happening in the middle of the convention center during Comic Palooza. So we skedaddled out of there, and that was kind of weird. But uh, anyway, the best, um, the best of Comic Palooza would probably be Friday night. A friend of mine and I went to the Nerdcore Entertainment System, which was really fun. I'd never really heard Nerdcore before. I'd heard a little bit. Um, but these guys, they're from Scrub Club Records. They put on such a show. It was so, so much fun to watch. Um, Mad Hatter was one of the guys. He sang a song about Super Mario Brothers and threw coins into the audience. And one guy named Starf <laughs> sang a song about being a stalker. 
and uh, sticking his dick out of a sunroof like a periscope. And he, his penultimate song was about arson. Uh, basically, he was saying he was an arsonist, and he drops the mic, he grabs a bottle of water, pours it all over his head, and he's walking off, and the music drops. Silence. Nothing. The audio guy from the side of the stage goes, Hey, hey, that's, that's not a Radio Shack mic right there. That's a $1,000 mic you're throwing down right there. So Starf walks back up, picks up the mic gingerly, towels it off, and finishes his set. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, let's see, the worst. It was really a good weekend, lots of cool cosplay, lots of Harley Quinns. I don't know where they came from, but uh, there were steampunk Harley Quinns, classic Harley Quinns. I even saw a full latex Harley Quinn. Ew. So I don't know what that was about, but uh, the worst might have been the Michelle Rodriguez panel. She was drunk most of the time. Uh, she said That's she okay. had a Long Island iced tea. I don't think she was joking. But anyway, she she would go off on tangents, and she sounded like the uh, the Saturday Night Live character, the girl you don't want to talk to at parties. At one point, she was talking about how Avatar was one of the greatest movies ever made, and more people should make movies like that, and we shouldn't hate native cultures, and we should talk to trees more. Um, anyway, it was kind of an odd experience, but the whole thing was fun nonetheless. And it's growing every year. So any of your listeners out there who are in the Houston area should check it out next year. Anyway, um, have a good evening. Stay arrogant. Get off my back. Later. Get off my back, Levi. Thank you so much uh, for that. Hey, get off my back, by the way. Oh, get off my back. Uh, thank you so much for that uh, that update. Uh, Comic Police sounds pretty fun. It does sound fun. It sounds interesting. I like the whole uh, also at graduation. I know. <laughs> There's nothing I want to see more on my graduation day than a bunch of latex Harley Quinns right. walking around. Yeah, I get a picture with my mom and there's like Harley Quinn photo book. <laughs> but, you know, but that was what, like, uh, you know, when PAX, before it took over the entire convention center, there used to be other conventions going on during PAX. <laughs> That's true. And like uh, right now it's it's the sixth floor section, which is now like uh, it's just an extended uh, exhibition floor and then like a land room. And like, they, I mean, they've sprawled out over the entire place. But before that sixth floor would be like rented out by like State Farm Insurance for their like <laughs> Northwest Regional Convention. And then they're walking through and then. Uh, you know, the same type of deal. You got a bunch of links and Zeldas walking around and mm-hmm. uh, always thought it would be really fun to be a fly on the wall at one of those conventions talking about all of the all of the nerds who are down below. Uh, More like dorks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things he mentioned was like the nerdcore artists. And that's one of my huge pet peeves mm-hmm. is nerdcore artists right. who think their shit doesn't stink. I'm right. talking about MC Chris totally. specifically. He thinks he's just the coolest guy. And guess what? You're just a dork. Oh, You're just a whale's weenie. MC Chris dork status. Yeah. I don't know. It's like all these <clears throat> like white guys who want to be hip-hop artists and then actually find a following yeah. where they can be successful and then immediately think they're too cool for it because like – I guess, like, in hip-hop culture, mm-hmm. that's okay. But guess what? You're not Lil Wayne. Yeah, but, like, I mean... You're a little door. The antithesis of that is MC Frontalot. 
Cause like, that's I mean, true. It's super nice guy. Super nice guy. And every PAX, I see him like hugging people, signing autographs. He sits at his table for like hours on end, talking to everybody who comes up to him. Yeah. You know, super, super nice guy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting to like try to adopt this like hardcore hip hop persona when that doesn't really fly in the nerd world. The nerd no, world is about acceptance. It's not about exclusion. So mm -hmm. you're, you're alienating your base audience there. Um, cause guess, guess not what? A good idea. Yeah, because guess what? The guys who listen to Lil Wayne, they're not going to check you out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Jesse, what's your second topic? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's get into this. So and there was an interesting uh, development in your favorite city, mm -hmm. Portland, Oregon. Oh, At God. least it might not be Oregon. I know they're Oregon bakeries. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it might not be Portland. Shut up, Eric. You dark. <laughs> this is so funny. It's like, I know they're an Oregon bakery. I, I, I know they're from Oregon. Dude, Oregon I just, bakery. I, I don't know why, but the term Oregon bakery just cracked me up. It just, I, I, you get so many things by putting those two words together. So many visual images of Oregon bakery. It could be a pot strain. It could mm -hmm. be a, a, a Baskin-Robbins flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like... Two like old hippies just like uh giving uh dough kneading clinics where they help people get their stress out by kneading dough and then they make bread out of it and then sell it for a, a hiked up price. Right. Oh, by the way, this is Reddit on Reddit. Tusked whales, novels, the unicorns of the sea. Extra, extra, Reddit on Reddit, Reddit on Reddit. And that's the way it is. Good. Um, so despite the uh, two hippies that you're envisioning, these Oregon bakeries, these two uh, bakeries refused to make cakes for same-sex weddings. Holy what? Yeah, I mean. Do they know where they Oregon are? Guys. <laughs> oh. uh, so they, they refused to make a cake for a lesbian couple's bakery. So this is this is coming out of the Willamette Week Oh, com. Yeah. Well, Willamette's uh, like Central Oregon. Isn't right. It? Okay. So maybe it's more the Willamette Bend Valley. Area. Yeah. More Bend area. Yeah. More Bend over. So uh, they they went they went a little rogue. They went undercover and they uh, they decided to ask the this bakery if they would make cakes celebrating other uh, occasions that don't really fit the Christian you know lifestyle. So uh -huh. they they decide to make one for baby out of wedlock. Yep. And uh, they have the quote here. I'm shopping around for a nice baby shower cake for uh, my friend. It's her second baby with her boyfriend. So I'm not looking for anything too big or fancy. Uh, probably enough to serve 15, 20 people. So they were okay with uh, the the baby out of wedlock cake. Uh -huh. uh, again, uh, they got another person for a divorce party. <laughs> My friend is getting divorced and would like to throw a little party to mark the start of her new life. Uh, do you ever write messages on those? We'd want to say congratulations and how much would it be for a cake for about eight people? And uh, they were willing to sell her a, a, uh, cake. a cake for that. Uh huh. Uh, next up, they tried stem cell success. <laughs> uh, they I'm asked, quoting a uh, woolly mammoth. I was, I was wondering if you could do two little cakes 
my friend is a researcher at OHSU, and uh, she just got a grant for cloning human stem cells. So I thought I'd get her two identical cakes, basically <laughs> two little clone-like cakes. How much would they cost? They were okay with that? And they were willing to sell them that cake. Mm. Which, I mean, cl- that's everyone knows that's illegal, right? Like, nationwide. Well, it's not technically... Uh, I think yeah, there's still I, some... I'm pretty sure there's a federal law that it makes cloning human cells illegal. Oh, yeah, I think cloning. Well, I don't know. I can't right. speak. <laughs> so the next one was a uh, non-kosher barbecue. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm looking to get a special cake for a barbecue we're having next week. Our cow just died of old age, and we're planning to grill some steaks along with lobster and pulled pork sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so they sold a cake for that. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, the final one was a pagan solstice party. Uh-huh. I'm calling to get a quote on a cake for a midsummer solstice party. My coven is celebrating on Friday, June 21st. The decoration would be very simple. Just a green pentagram. <laughs> and they did it? Yep, they were willing to do that. No way. Yeah, yeah. So basically the only thing they're not willing to do <laughs> is a uh, same-sex wedding, and they got called out for it. And basically I love this kind of journalism. I, I feel like we need more <laughs> of this in America. So is this like uh, – is this the Amy's Baking Company Portland campus? It, it ba- <laughs> yeah, I know. Like the <laughs> – the Oregon, you know, government was like, we need an Amy's. We right. need to draw attention to the fact that we can hate bakeries in Oregon, too. Right. It's done wonders for Arizona. That's just so interesting. It's like, man, that, it's just so weird to me. First of all, Portland is one of the most pro- – I mean, Seattle's a pretty progressive city. I think that Portland probably – well, I don't know. You can smoke weed in Seattle now. There's a lot of weed on this podcast, which is pretty funny, but uh, – but, but I don't think you can smoke weed in in Portland yet. I bet you can smoke weed in Sweden. Sweden in Weeden. Yeah. With Josh anyway, Weeden. It, it's funny. I, I just love that they're calling him out. And it mm-hmm. like Reddit picked it up and ran with it, of course, because yeah. Reddit has an anti-Christian agenda. Yeah. I, yeah. Got a, uh, I would call it a fundamentalist atheism <laughs> agenda. <laughs> oh, certainly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I, uh, that, I, I, that's just so weird because they, they're discriminating specifically against homosexuals, which is, yeah, I know. The, I the know. non, uh, the non kosher barbecue is my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have beef and lobster. Mm-hmm. Pick up on that. <laughs> I do love so, this. So I would love if that was like they stood their ground. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. According to uh, Leviticus. Right. Leviticus 14.21. Thou shalt I not cannot, I cannot no. subscribe to that. I cannot make a cake for your heathen party. <laughs> I was surprised with the with the green pentagram. The pentagram is the best one. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like an elder sign. I was watching. We're having a Cthulhu worship party. <laughs> We're having a cultist con uh, in the lower in in the Rose Bowl. No Rose witnesses allowed. Damn it! <laughs> Stop trying to crash our con. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's weird. I, I'm glad that they're getting called out of it, but but I also am very excited about this this form of humorous investigative journalism. I think we need more of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like if Ashton Kutcher was involved. Yeah. You know? Like if he were a journalist. That's actually what he's doing, though. He's writing for the Willamette Weekly. 
Oh, <laughs> he's I was writing. A, what he was he's writing for. He's writing a column for them. Um, in between shoots at the, for his Steve Jobs movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that. Well, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm amused by it. All right. Well, my second topic this week is actually going to be a topic that was our most upvoted topic on our Facebook roundup this week. Uh, each week we post a thread on Facebook saying we're recording and we want to get your feedback on what you want to hear us talk about. Um, we got a bunch of comments this week, but our most upvoted, upvoted one came from Joe Green. Um, he says, if a volcano made Washington uninhabitable, what states would you consider moving to and why? Same game, but countries. And this is a weird, this is, this is a tough topic for, I know at least for me and Jesse, you're, you're, see it, you're, you're Western Washington Homer as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say as well. You live in Central Washington. I live in Western Washington. Oh yes, of course. Uh, although Jesse, you did make a exit strategy at one point and and made an effort to to move to Australia. That's so true. You, and I didn't. I did not like to get there. <laughs> and you just moved back home. Yeah, that's yeah, true. This is the weird thing about Western Washington is that yes, there are a lot of transplants, but the people that I know that live here. Um, and like, I, you know, I, I moved to, lived in San Diego for a couple of years and then moved back. It's like, this is the cozy cradle that <laughs> if you're bored here, it's just in your blood. And it's you just, nice. Well, yes. It's a nice place to live. It is it's very not too nice. hot. Is it, like the summers are mild. The winters mm-hmm. are mild. Right. It's green. There's mountains. There's water. Yeah. Like my wife lived in Austin for like a year and she's like, it's horror stories. It's like <laughs> giant insects, like biblical plagues of cicadas coming through, giant insects, cockroaches. We don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Sweltering heat, no trees, flat land, boring shit going on. We don't have to worry about any of that here. Like if you're yeah. bored in Western Washington, you literally just look out your window and see a forest. And then you could at least occupy your brain by, by scanning the forest. That's true. There's like a forest. There's mm-hmm. a lake. There's a, a glacier capped mountain. It's right. like, I, I feel pretty good right now. <laughs> like, and the other, the other part about this is if you look at the Native American tribes who settle or who lived here, like, you know, if you, if you go out to the Past plains, sense. well, yeah, if you go out to the plains, you know, those tribes were nomadic. The tribes that were lived in Western Washington, uh, were sedentary tribes. They yep. sat down. They said, we're building a longhouse. This is yep. where we are living. We're going to go to the rivers and scoop salmon out of them. Yeah. And we're smoke it for the winter. Try the salmon out and eat it. Eat smoked salmon all winter. Right. That sounds all right. And just chill out. Uh-huh. Like this part of the world is amazing. I don't, I know that we're big Seattle homers. But I cannot say how awesome Seattle is enough. But it rains all the time, and we don't want anybody yeah, else to come Yeah, it rains all here. the time. Don't come. If you're listening to this in, in, uh, in Texas or uh, Philadelphia or anything like that, don't <laughs> don't come. It, it sucks. It's horrible. It's bad. It's bad news. You can come to visit, but uh, but you're, no, no, you're no, not no, going to no. want to live here. Don't, you don't, you don't want to be here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we haven't answered the question We yet. have not. We've just talked about how awesome Western Washington is. Um, so Jesse, if you had to live in another part of the country, where would you live? Well, um, I'm actually right now strongly considering moving to Montana, Mm -hmm. but I'd also say Indianapolis, Indiana. Wow. 
I feel like but you've I never even been accent. there. I want the Aaron accent. Uh-huh. Maybe Cincinnati. I'm already a Bengals fan. Dude, I think that you might get a little tired of the Flatlands. Like, that's my main qualm is when I go to the flyover states. Is this like, I, it's so flat. It's really flat. Like, but even. You could just, like, ride your fucking bike everywhere. Even, that would be awesome. Oh, that's true. Bike riding is a lot easier. There are a lot of cyclists yeah. in Seattle. And when I ride my bike around, I'm just like, why am I doing this? Is this the hilliest it's, goddamn city? <laughs> it's tough. Except for San Francisco. But, yeah. Yeah. My answer is uh, Montana or Indiana. Interesting. Yeah. Because Montana, you still got the mountains and stuff. But like, yeah, even exactly. when you went fact, to. I, I, I suspect that Montana is more beautiful than Washington. Yeah. Even when we went to Denver, eh, I wouldn't. I mean, I've driven. I don't think I could do Colorado. Yeah, but when we lived in, I mean, when we went to Denver, uh, it was pretty flat. I was surprised at how flat it was. Yeah, it was like, I mean, it, it's like steep ridges. Mm-hmm. It's like all of a sudden a mountain springs up. Right. Like, oh, okay. Time to climb another thousand feet. See, if I were to move, the only other place in the country that I've been to that I would consider moving to is Boston. I think. Really? That, yeah. Ugh, those winters are rough well i like snow and then the thing about boston is i don't like snow like that man that entire eastern seaboard is carved out of hurricanes but (laughs) like (laughs) sandy is not an anomaly you're gonna get that every year now but the thing about boston is that they have a great subway system so you don't have to worry about driving your car anywhere the subway system is awesome and uh and i love a good subway system i love a good public transit system. i didn't like it see but that's the thing is i think that i'm more of an urbanite than you are yeah no shit dude <laughs> i live i live next to a wetland preserve literally i could i could hit it with a pine cone from where i'm sitting right now yeah and i live next to a halfway house <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i, I like i want to live in seattle the rest of my life i love seattle i love the city i love being here i love riding the bus i love going to all the different bars you can go to and blah 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 i like being in the city and i like going to the country so if I were to pick, I would have to live in another urban center. I've been in New York. New York is a, oh my God, it's, ugh, it is too much. It is too much to handle. And San Diego is a little too low key for me. I want a little bit of, a uh, little bit of uh, civic pride and, oh, I mean, the, the sports teams are actually good there. Oh, I need to take back my answer. What? Hawaii, doy. <sighs> yeah, see, I, I'm a little leery Hawaii of Hawaii. Hawaii is sweet. Hawaii is sweet. Hawaii is awesome, but I don't know if it's there. As long as it's there. not Oahu, any yeah. any island behind besides oh, Oahu, I'm I'm down. For well, it. you're going to Kona, and I think you're going to fall in love with a little town called Kona. I think so, and island. I already fell in love with a little town called uh, the island of Kauai. Yeah, I loved Kauai. Kauai is sweet. It's super sweet. It's like just so. There's just nothing. There's nothing there's to nothing. do exactly, but to lay on the beach and have a good time. Yeah, I could, I could run a little uh, brew pub there for sure. Oh, yeah. Easy peasy as long as I can get the supplies. Right. But the thing is, like, I, like I lived in San Diego, and San Diego is also a – it's not Hawaii, but it's a tourist destination. San Diego sucks. I did not like living there. I bet. I didn't like visiting there. <laughs> it's hot. It's muggy. The people are all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to we alienate any. One voicemail. We have from not. San Diego. We have not gotten any. We have not gotten any voicemails from San Diego. So if right, you're listening, to this, I say give it back. Give it back to Mexico. Oh God, that's what I say. All right. Um, 
but but yeah, I think if I was going to move anywhere in the contiguous United States and I had my choice, I would move to Boston. Ooh, Alaska, though. I might go to Alaska. See, you are just going remote. I'm going, yeah. like, more urban than I am right now. Maybe Juno. I think Juno would do me pretty yeah, well. Yeah, Juno's cool because it's southeast Alaska. Exactly. Yeah. Somewhere on Not the, uh, quite the panhandle. The, the frigid of, oh, my God, Fairbanks would be, like, the worst. Yeah, Fairbanks, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. I, yeah. I would I would die in the winter. winter would be too <laughs> yeah, but somewhere people. on the panhandle yeah. would be nice. You know. um, all right, well, uh, and then the, the second part of this question, if you could move anywhere in the world, where would you move to? I feel like I would do pretty well in Germany. Yeah. Well, see, I'm thinking Northern Europe, but I'm going to go a little further north. I'm, it's either going to be Netherlands, Denmark, or Sweden for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, all those Scandinavian countries. I could right. do – I could do – I don't know if I could handle the uh, Norway winter, but I feel like I, I might be able to. Yeah. And, the, dude, the Norwegians, like, came and settled Western Washington. Like That's true. Ballard I mean, and Paulsbo. I would be returning to my home country. Right. They were basically saying, oh, this is very similar. Let's let's just stay here. <laughs> uh, and then they did. So, I mean, That's Nor my favorite thing about uh, Norwegians and Swedes. Uh -huh. Classic rivals. Yeah. You know, Ballard, Norway, uh, Milwaukee, all these places that were settled by <laughs> Norwegians and Swedes. Uh-huh. They... They hate each other. Like, oh, that that Larson, he's he got his head kicked in by a mule. Oh, that Svensson, he's he got his uh, head kicked in by a horse. <laughs> my, but they my... chose to settle. They they chose to move everywhere in America where there's a Swede. <laughs> there's also a Norwegian. Right. They chose to right. be next to each other. You have the biggest freaking country obviously <laughs> not the biggest country but among the biggest countries uh -huh. i mean some of you could have moved to utah and some of you could have moved to colorado <laughs> it would have been fine but you're you stick together you're like that bickering couple yeah it's it's like the yankees and red sox like it wouldn't be that fun if they weren't so close to each other right <laughs> exactly. uh it's yeah it's hilarious to me my grandpa actually told he's got my favorite uh, joke because he's uh He's not, he's my grandpa by marriage, but he's the only grandpa I've ever known. So he's technically my step grandpa, but he's Norwegian and I'm Swedish. And he had this joke that was, uh, um, you know, they were, uh, so I'm going to tell the Swedish version of this joke. So uh -huh. in Oslo, they had a uh, Swedish pride day where they had, you know, Swedish, uh, a Swedish parade and the Swedes were all coming down and parading and there was a lot of Swedish pride, blue and yellow everywhere. Um, and then all of a sudden this, this, this giant group of, of Norwegians came, this militant group and started throwing grenades at the parade. I know where this is going. It was in, like, they just started chucking them at the Swedes in the parade. But, um, you know, it wasn't that much of a problem because the Swedes just pulled out the pins and pulled them and threw them back. Yeah. The end. Good stuff. I love that. I mean, they, <laughs> Norwegians and Swedes even have the same jokes. Exactly. <laughs> just with the nationalities reversed. <laughs> uh, and both of them screw up the punchlines. Yeah, but there's that. There's Northern Europe. I mean, I would love to move to Sweden. Um, but, gosh, the Netherlands are also really good. And, like, everybody speaks English there. So, like, yeah. you could speak English to get around and then ease into whatever language you move to. And Denmark's also really awesome. So. Yeah, I'm sick of with Germany. All I right. feel like I, I could be a Bavarian dude. But the other one is is I could get a job in a brewery. The other one's Australia, like that's a country yeah, I've always dude. wanted Australia, to move to. 
massively overrated. Really? Yeah. Coming from an Australian. Overrated, man. You have an Australian passport, and you're telling me that your country is overrated. That gives me the authority to call it as it is. <laughs> I think that you're pulling a Western Washington here and telling people that it rains all the time so they don't go. <laughs> I wish I were. I wish. I know Eric. of another Wilson that decided Australia was her place to live. That's true. My beloved sister. Not to mention we have plenty of fans in Australia. I'm sure I could find somebody to couch surf with for a couple of days at least. Yeah, that's probably true. Huh. No, you should go check it out. But trust me, when I came back, I you know, I spent like the better part of a year in Australia. And when I came back to Washington, I was just like, it's so green. The trees, they're so huge. Look at this amazing blue water. And look at these mountains, a real mountain with snow-capped glaciers. Yeah. Like, I was, I was in awe when I came back at the majestic beauty of Western Washington. But seriously, that's a joke. Don't move here, please. We hate you. That is the crazy thing about Western Washington is that you don't realize – when you go other places, like you, it seems so barren or so landlocked or so yeah. like, even if there are trees, you're like, these aren't trees. Like these I want, I want a forest that I can't walk through. I yeah. cannot walk through this forest because there's so much ve vegetation. It's basically like a, I would need a machete to walk from point A to point B. That's a Washington forest. It's, it's so much green. Too. It's like when I was in Australia, it's like the biggest trees are like 20 feet tall. Like that's nothing. And right. then I went back to my parents' house. In their yard, they have like 60-foot pines. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the other part is you, when you live here, you don't realize how tall the freaking trees are. They're massive. Like just in the middle. And I'm in Seattle. And just like walking through the neighborhood, there's like a 50-foot tree. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. But seriously, don't. Don't please. move here. It rains I, all the time. Go ahead and move to Seattle. Yeah. Oh, come on. Seattle is garbage anyway. D don't send them my way. Uh, so that's our that's our answer to that question. That was really fun. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so we're going to get to the rest of the Facebook roundup here in just one second. But first of all, uh, we're going to let you know how you can get with get in touch with us. Please uh, send us a voicemail at 360-362-0024 um, or write us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. There's the Ball Move Facebook and there's the Personal Arrogance Facebook. Uh, be sure to follow us. I'm very excited right now. We have 187 fans on our Facebook page, which is awesome because it's like 187 on a mofo and Facebook <laughs> Facebook page. But if That's you want to, if you want to be the person to break that, I'm okay with that. If you want to, if you want to be 188, I'm fine. Um, so we're there. You can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Uh, there's a bunch of ways to get in touch with us. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. Want to thank everybody who rated us during our rate drive. It, it was a Roaring success. Uh, we moved up the charts, and uh, and if you haven't rated or reviewed us yet, please do that. That that, that really helps us out on iTunes. It helps us rise to the top. Um, so uh, thanks to everybody who's rated and reviewed us. And uh, please go to baldmove.com. There's the Mad Men Happy Hour podcast, which is killing it right now. Uh, you know, you know, you love Aaron and Jim. So please listen to that. Uh, we're on there. Uh, the Night's Watch is going strong with, with Mad Brew. You got upstairs, up yours downstairs. And of course, the Because Show, all on baldmove.com. Please go there and check that out. Um, let's get to the rest of the Facebook roundup. Um, Jesse's, or Jordy's messaging me right now, but I'm, but I'm podcasting Jordy, please. Um, Ollie James says, thought on the World's End trailer and Arrested Development season four. 
Um, I am super excited for the world's end. I actually watched Scott Pilgrim uh, for the first time last night. I know it's ridiculous that I haven't seen that. Um, but, uh, but Edgar Wright is like a great director. I love Scott Pilgrim and I'm super excited for the world's end. Uh, that's probably my most anticipated movie of the summer. Uh, Closely followed by Pacific Rim. And then Arrested Development. It's on Netflix. I watched the first uh, half of the first season, uh, or the first half of the fourth season. I, I really enjoyed it. I think that they're doing some really fun stuff. And I think that it's great that they're not trying to, uh, like, have, like, this epic recap. They're just basically trying to make it as goofy and funny as possible. And the layered jokes are so good. Like, from show to show to show, you'll re- yeah. you'll find things that were in a previous ep- episode that yeah. are now another joke. I'm really liking it. Uh, the yeah. Tobias episode is so fucking oh funny. Oh, my God. I was dying when I watched <laughs> that. I think that episode is funnier than any of the original three seasons. God, Tobias. Well, Tobias is, like, fan favorite. I mean, really, he's my favorite character from Rest of Development. I, yeah. I th- David Cross is a fantastic actor. Yes. And he just he takes that character to, like, such a great level and he plays a goober so well. Well, and the cool thing about David Cross is, like, if you've seen any of his stand-up or anything, he's totally not Tobias. It, he's, like, the antithesis of Tobias. Yeah, I know. Exactly. He's basically, he plays like... plays Tobias so well. Right. He's basically, like, a cynical, like, uh, you know, cool dude, but he's also, like, insecure and blah, blah, blah. I don't... That's my David Cross <laughs> assessment. But Tobias <laughs> is, like, the complete opposite of all of that. He's, right. like, super secure, yet completely the, ridiculous. The cameos are great in the new oh, yeah. season. Yeah. The, the whole uh, Workaholics cameo. Uh-huh. Yeah. That I... It's <laughs> so crazy. It's, it's like they injected an entire show as a cameo uh-huh. into that brief clip, and it works so well. I love it so much. Yeah, at the airport. That was really good. It, it makes me... I mean, I'm hoping so hard that, like, workaholics will leave uh, Comedy Central into a Netflix <laughs> season. Yeah, or maybe an Amazon pilot. Yeah, I'd rather. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I really love it. I, I'm very, very happy with uh, with uh, Arrested Development Season 4. Please watch it if you haven't. Right. And if, if you don't have Netflix, get Netflix. What's your problem? Yeah, or uh, at least know someone who has it. It's not hard to steal that streaming. <laughs> It's really not. They make it as easy as possible. <laughs> Name and email. Email and password, guys. Sam Golmahamadi. Uh, I think I finally pronounced your last name right, Sam. I'm very excited about that. Thoughts on the new Batman Arkham Origins? I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, Arkham City is kind of an amazing game. I uh, might be one of my favorite games. I, I like open world Batman where you can just basically run around and do whatever you want. If you want to do a story mode, do that. If you just want to roll around the city and beat up thugs, you can do that too. There's tons to explore. I think what they've done with those games uh, is really impressive. So I'm, I'm really excited about Ar- Arkham or- Origins, but I think I'm going to follow my old, uh, my old tune in that I'm not going to purchase it until it is cheaper. I'm kind That's of done buying plan. launch titles. Yeah, just just yeah. wait wait for it. Did you call it a launch title? I called it a launch title, but that's I, not what a launch title. Well, I've had a twenty-two of arrogant bastard. What do you want from me? Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Thank you. Uh, 
Jason Cornelius says, first off, thanks for letting me know about the Dice Tower podcast. My Amazon wish list is starting to get a little board game heavy. So is mine. Um, on to my question. I've been listening to a podcast called Roderick on the Line. It's really funny and has at least one Seattle reference in each episode. Since you two are local guys, I was just wondering uh, if you have heard of this podcast and what you've thought about John Roderick in general. Uh, first thing I heard about John Roderick is that he... You know, him and his band, The Long Winters, do the theme song for the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast. Oh, uh, that's where I recognize that yeah, name from. Yeah, and they thank him in every episode. But I actually <laughs> listened to a couple episodes of Roderick on the Line, and I really enjoyed it because him and I think the guy that he podcasts with is named Moses. That may be completely out of left field. but uh, Future name of your son. Totally. Um, uh, but, uh, no, it's going to be David, so it's David and Goliath. Um, uh, good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> but uh, but it's really funny, and they're th- these guys are super smart too. It's really fun to, to listen to them because they're super intelligent oh, dudes. Shit. I know. And I don't have I don't have much to add. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zick says, "Talk about major league eating competitions." You know, I actually was thinking about training to be a professional. Dude, you eater. could. I've never seen a man devour a subway sandwich as fast as you have. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that guy who like hits dingers at like you know at the softball games. Like no big deal. I like, I think you could go pro with that talent. I think I could have. I think that now I'm nearing. I'm only three three years away from thirty. So now that I'm now that I'm nearing the big three zero, I think that my talent has waned a bit. Because when I was like twenty two, I could literally eat something and like. I was just eating because, like, society told me to eat. Well, okay. But- let, let me paint, the, <laughs> paint a picture for the listeners. This was the second PAX we went to, and uh, we we decided to do a little subway stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric's in front of me in line. He's getting his he's getting his sub. Foot long meatball. I, <clears throat> I'm I'm getting my sub, and then uh, so he he checks out. You know, he he pays. I pay. I sit down at the same table Eric's at, and I go. Oh, you just got a six inch? I got a foot long. It's like, uh, no, I actually already ate half of it. <laughs> and, like, less than a minute. Uh, and this is casual. <laughs> this is just you eating a, a, a Subway sandwich the way you normally eat it. Yeah. Six inches it. of a god before I could even sit down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I used to, when I was a kid, like in junior high, uh, there's like, you know, the Wendy's in Silverdale. It's like, basically there's a, I know it well. Yeah. There's like a Wendy's and then probably four blocks away is the freeway entrance. Yeah. So we used to go, <laughs> there's one stoplight in between, but we used to go to the Wendy's like after track practice, my mom would take me to Wendy's and I get four junior bacon cheeseburgers and 99 cents a piece. And I would, they were at the time, and I would have them all eaten by the time we hit the freeway. That's not, that's not four blocks. That's two blocks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I did consider at one point, but like, it was like, there was a point in my life where it didn't matter how much food I ate. I was always the same amount of hungry. Like, I could just eat whatever, and it was just the same amount of hunger at all times. It didn't matter how much food I put in my body. Maybe I was the next Kobayashi, but now, like I said, yeah, I'm 27. Yeah, you're a boy, Eric. I'm 27. It's caught up with me. And now... Yeah, uh, yeah the metabolism uh, hits the brakes. It hits the like, brakes. It hits like the brakes, a, skinny kids. Like a raccoon ran in front of your car. 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm just kidding. I, yeah. would, I wouldn't hit the brakes for a raccoon, but like an elk <laughs> or a mammoth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a wandering mammoth. Uh, and then got, it, it just like <laughs> sits on your hood anyway, because mammoths are dicks. They are dicks. Uh, Jacob Joseph Martinez he posted a uh, posted a post to us. He says this is a bit of a long one, but he says Aaron, Angela, and I were talking about the tornadoes. Uh, we're all closer to Oklahoma than the Gulf Coast. And one of Aaron's kids, uh, Aaron and Angela and, and Jacob are all part of the Martinez clan that we talk about on here all the time. Uh, one of the kids said he wished Superman was real because he could have taken care of it. Which brought us to the question of which, if any, superhero could actually have done something about the tornado. Uh, none of us know enough about X-Men to say if Storm could dissipate the weather or just create storms. Obviously, Batman and Iron Man can't do anything. I think Iron Man might be able to do something. Uh, there was some discussion that Superman could fly the other way around it to blow it off course. I think the Hulk could do something uh, just with the sheer mass and maybe Green Lantern could create something enormous to help. But the physics of it just doesn't seem like any of them could actually help. What do you guys think? Um, and for me, it's Green Lantern. Like, Yeah, Green Lantern. I don't think the Hulk could do anything. No. I think Superman, you're onto something with this flying around it, but right. you know, it begs the question like Superman can fly fast, but can he fly fast agilely? Can he can he fly in a in around a tornado? Right. You know, it, at, at top speed. I mean, well, the you're movies gonna, if you're going to cr- stop a tornado tornado by flying the opposite direction is dependent on friction. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to go max speed presumably and, you know, he can fly around the Earth. He can stop the Earth's uh, spin by flying around it the opposite right. direction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it seems like a tornado shouldn't be too hard for him. Yeah. And I, then Green Lantern, I think, could, like, box it off. Yeah, Green Lantern sort of, could like, – he is power enough, powerful enough to build a wall around a tornado that it couldn't go through. Right. I, I would think. Um, But, you know, the other part of this is that tornadoes are, are basically – uh, from what I understand, and I might be completely off on this, but they're they're done by like high pressure systems and low pressure systems running into each right. other. So if you just want to create a high pressure system, if you want to raise a barometer, you can do that through just like shoving a bunch of humidity in the air. Back to to Aquaman. Let's get Aquaman <laughs> in on the stuff. Can he con- control water? I don't know. My <laughs> Aquaman can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Derek Romaine says, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Chicago Bears. The uh, only thing I can say about the Jacob Chicago Bears. Jacob Cutler is a whiny bitch and Erlocker. Brand, so, Brandon Marshall. Retired. Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Yep. Good luck. Good, good luck. luck, guys. Uh, yeah, good luck uh, if you ever run into the Seahawks in the near future. Because the only thing we're going to say about the Bears is trash talk. Yeah, that's true. NFC rivals or Blackhawks. Um, he then says expletive and then says St. Louis. You know, Derek, if you had told us that brought, the Blackhawks should have been our our team, then we would have done that. But, uh, but you know, Heath from St. Louis got in before you. So I'm sorry, but the Blues are our team. We're blue men, and unfortunately, you got a black hawk down. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, Jonathan Oman says, a little love for gluten-free beers. I have a friend who can't have gluten or anything with the word wheat in it. Help. I'm a little, I'm a little torn by this one because I know that, uh, you know, celiac disease is a, is a serious thing. But at the same time, beer is beer. You need grain for beer. 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. There there are some uh, breweries doing something about it, but I've actually never, <laughs> I've never actually had a gluten-free beer. Like the, I have no idea if it tastes good or there's not. There's the Red Bridge, I think. Is the there's one Red Bridge, yeah. there's Bards, and there's Omission. Mm-hmm. There are some national brands doing gluten-free beers. They're expensive, and I, don't, I actually don't know how they taste. I'm well, not really interested <laughs> in tasting yeah, them. Exactly. I mean, every time I see a Red Bridge, I'm like, nope. Yeah. I'll try something else. I so, just have no, one of these days, I'm going to have to try it. I just feel like it's like a Diet Coke. Like, there's nothing that will ever make me like Diet Coke. It just I actually I drink weird. Diet Coke. I, I can't drink it. I don't. I think it goes back to a traumatic experience as a uh, piano in piano lessons in second grade. My piano. We are going, we're going deep in we the are. Eric file. We're going in the Eric file. Uh, when, uh, when I was in second grade, I was taking piano lessons after school and the piano teacher was this woman who would drink diet Coke like over and over and over while, mm. while I was taking these piano lessons and she would just burp the whole time and like <laughs> have these diet Coke burps and blow them in my face while I'm play, trying to play piano and trying to make it look like I practiced during the week when I totally didn't. That's disgusting. There's something about people who dry, drink Diet Coke, mm. and I'm I'm the exception that proves the rule. But like, they drink a ton of it because right. when I was uh, when I was a let's see, what would that be? A junior year in college, I had a professor who, without exaggeration, in an in a 50 minute long class, would drink six or seven cans of Diet Coke, Ugh. and that was just her thing. She drank a a fuck ton of Diet Coke. It was like a chain smoker, but with Diet Coke. Yeah. And actually, my neighbor, when I was growing up, now that I think about it, one of my chores was to take the uh, recycling to the curb. Uh-huh. And uh, she would have like two or three bins, recycling bins, full of crushed cans of Diet Coke every week. Wow. I, I guess every other week. But like that was her... There's something about people who binge drink Diet Coke. Yeah, just soda in general. Like, I just don't do soda. The only soda I, I do is ginger it, ale. Right. But I, I feel like people feel like they can binge drink Diet Coke right. because of the zero calories, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's fine for your liver, but it's terrible for your teeth. Yeah, tell me about Oof. it. Anyway, <laughs> that that went a little off topic, but gluten-free beers. <laughs> Anyway, Corey Kershaw. Corey, great to hear from me again. Um, he says, why don't they make a Magneto movie where he's kicking, uh, where he's eight years old and kicking Nazi ass? I actually love this idea. It's a great idea, but they kind of cover that in X-Men Origin. Oh. That was the best scene out of the movie was when he's in like Argentina. Uh-huh. He's not eight oh, years yeah. old. He's- you mean first class? First class. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. But he's like... uh he he pull he gets the knife. It's mm-hmm. like blood or blood and honor. Which shall I spill first? I mean, because <laughs> he chills just thinking about it. That was yeah. such a good movie. Like that's the best scene of the movie. I love thinking of Magneto the Nazi hunter. But imagine like Magneto teaming up with like the Inglorious Bastards at eight years old. It's kind of awesome. I, uh, yeah, I I actually I like it more of a uh, you know. 1952 Nazi yeah. hunter. Oh, I like guy. that. Yeah, war crimes. Digging bro. them out and, you know. Yeah, through, through South America. I, I actually love that. That's a good one. Um, and then Corey has a follow-up. He says, how long does Magneto get to keep his origin story without being frozen in time or thrown That's into the future? Point. That is a good point. Um, I don't know. Well, he is a Marvel character. 
So uh, at some point they could tie him in with Captain America if they really needed to do so. But if he's eight years old and let's say it's even at the very end of the war, that would make him born in 1936, which would make him in his 70s, 80s now. So not much longer. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Not much longer. That. Yeah, Holocaust survivors are not uh, not yeah. l- long for this world. I, d- I don't mean that in a mean way. No, it's, yeah, it's true. Just, it's the greatest generation is dying out, so yeah. we need to figure out a new yeah. origin for them. They're, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to retcon that at some point. Yep. And then finally, Bob Ball, friend of the cast, Bob Ball. Please check out Pop Quizzical Podcast. Not that he needs the help; it's blowing up. Uh, Ten minute quiz podcast every other week. Bob Ball says, "How Bob Ball." Has totally gone gonzo for bowling. He has. I was there. Uh, and that's Bob Ball's comment. I love bowling. And, Bob, if you want to bowl, please let us know. Ugh, don't let me know. I love to bowl. Let I me know, Bob. Bowling. I love bowling. I, I like going to the alley. Mm-hmm. I like drinking beer. Right. I like watching people knock pins down. But uh-huh. I'm a spectator. I don't, I don't enjoy uh-huh. picking the ball up. I don't like sticking my fingers <laughs> in those nasty holes. Jesse, you're just terrible at bowling. I suck. Yeah. And there's no changing that. And, you mm-hmm. know, the one thing that makes me the most irritated is when people are like, what you need to do is you need to put your foot here and you need to hold the ball like this and you need to look past the pins when you're throwing. It's like, I don't, you know what, just, I, I'd rather sit down and watch you bowl. Jesse, you know, I also suck at something. It's called Halo, but I still <laughs> do it with you guys because it's fun and it's a social experience. Do true, but I don't detract from your bowling experience by not participating. Well, we bowled at my bachelor party. I think this is the last time we bowled together, and that was super fun. Uh, I didn't partake. <laughs> I don't I drink beer and watch you guys bowl. I don't necessarily remember that part of the night that well yeah no that's fine but i definitely did not bowl <laughs> all right well that's our facebook roundup for this week thanks everybody uh once again you can find us on facebook just look for uh personal arrogance um and we're also on the bald move page so check us out there as well uh so jesse let's move on uh, let's do some records and call it a cast what's your first recommendation uh so my actually we it kind of beat me to it but uh arrested development season mm-hmm. four on netflix there's no excuse not to watch it in fact, they make it hard for you not to watch it if you try and watch Netflix. Actually, I tried to watch it when I got home from work today, and it said the episodes were not available. I think that the system somehow overloaded. Oh, that sucks. It's BS, bro. So, huh. But that's actually my first reco as well, <laughs> is <laughs> double reco for, pers- uh, for personal, for uh, Arrested Development on Netflix. Guys, do it. It's fun. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. Do that. So my recommendation, and I'm going to try not to sound bitter or mean here. Mm-hmm. You just, guys, use, use birth control. <laughs> Why? I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you'll be fine. Uh, I'm losing my mind. You're the dad of dads. Oof. Oof. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, my second recommendation this week is uh, it's going to be Scott Pilgrim versus the versus the world. I dude, I am Scott Pilgrim. You are. This is this is me. That that character is the character that I most relate to out of any characters in film. And in fact, I had a conversation at one point. Um, I was talking to someone about how like 
when I was living in Australia, I've at Woolworths you could buy like two loaves of garlic bread for like two dollars, uh-huh. yep. which is dirt ass cheap in Australia. You can't do you can't get anything for two dollars, right? Because like, min- minimum wage is like seven dollars. Isn't minimum wage like fifteen dollars? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for two dollars, you could get this loaf of bread. And I was just like wandering around Australia, <laughs> like living off of my savings account. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so <laughs> I would eat this garlic bread all the time. I was telling someone about that. I was like, they're like, wow, you must have like that. That's a really high calorie diet. I was like, really? I didn't know bread made you fat. <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally a line from that movie. Like. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim and I are like the same naive, like 20-something young adult guy who really doesn't understand the world is living in and just enjoys eating some bread and doesn't know that shit makes you fat. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. I love Edgar Wright. I don't know why I waited so long to watch it. but uh, It's a good movie, man. I liked it. Yeah, and I also watched Life of Pi, and that was pretty great, too. So if you get a chance to watch Life of Pi. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, yeah, really, really, really good. Really great stuff. Um, so both movies, Recco, Double Recco, Recco the shit out of it. It's time to wrap it up. Uh, Jesse, I think this might be our longest podcast ever. Wow. Yeah, I know. It feels long. I have to actually be up in like eight hours. All right. Well, congratulations. And <laughs> until next time, guys, remember that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay. Use birth control. Thank mm-hmm. you.